on the Blog Talk Radio and Affiliate Networks. This episode is brought to you by Illustrators Journal and ArtToday.tv. Do check us out on the web via www.illustratorsjournal.com and follow on Twitter via at the handle TIJournal. Welcome, everyone. I'm Greg Masters, the producer and moderator of This Week in the Arts, known to some on Twitter as Two Health Guru. I'm a co-founder and co-editor at the Illustrators Journal. And in the virtual studio is my colleague, co-founder at Illustrator's Journal and principal co-host of This Week in the Arts, Mr. Lon Levin. Follow Lon on Twitter via at Creative House, and that's at C-R-E, the number 8, T-I-V-E-H-O-U-S-E. And now for today's special guest, Leslie Colbert Gentry, an award-winning artist known for her uplifting elegant art and design, Leslie Cobra Gentry's endeavors include a thriving and accomplished illustration career, designing performance spaces, instructing and mentoring undergraduates in the illustration and design as assistant professor at the Fashion Institute of Technology. Born in New York, Leslie grew up in a creative environment, surrounded by the most well-known illustrators and art directors in the business. Her father, Alan E. Kober, a Hall of Fame illustrator, gave the family the opportunity to often travel the country on his own illustration assignments, visiting national parks, sports arenas, travel destinations, and backstage locations. Collections of folk art, contemporary ceramics, paintings, and drawings filled her rooms, frequently hanging out drawing alongside her father in his art studio. By a young age, Leslie and um, discovered her passion, illustration, pursuing a dream of becoming an illustrator and designer. At 15, she completed her first assignment for the New York Times op-ed page. After graduating from Syracuse University School of Visual and Performing Art, she continued to create professionally for many of the most prestigious magazines, newspapers, corporations, and advertising agencies in the world. In 2011, she was awarded a Master's in Fine Arts degree in illustration from the University of Hartford. Leslie has won numerous awards, including the Society of Publication Designers Prince Regional Design Annual, Vision Awards Annual Report Competitions, and Graphic Design USA. With that rather impressive introduction, Lon, over to you. Help us get to know this amazing artist, Leslie Cobra Gentry. Oh, I'm... <laughs> I, I don't know what to say after all that, Greg. That was quite a lead-in. Um, Me either. I'm quite impressed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shall we close it out? I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, I just want to interject one thing about Leslie and, and how Leslie and I know each other and got to know each other. Um, yes. It started way back in 70, 1977 when I was just out of Arts Center. I, went, I was invited to go to the... Um, Illustrator Seminar. Is that what they call right. it, Leslie? The, yeah, the, the Illustrator Seminar. Workshop. The Illustrator's Workshop. The Illustrator's Workshop. Right. It was in Terrytown. Terrytown. Yes. And Terrytown, I went New there, York. and the uh, there were six great uh, of the top illustrators, one of whom I, I, I guess 
um, Robert Heindel, Fred Otnes, Bob Peake, uh, Mark, Mark English, English, and of course Alan Cobert. And, and, and Bernie Fuchs. And Bernie Fuchs. Can't forget Bernie. <laughs> Alan, uh, I immediately took to Alan, who is Leslie's father, uh, because yeah. I liked his style. It was so unique and so different. And we had to choose which illustrator we wanted to work with exclusively. And I chose Alan. And then I later learned he was going to take us to, um, what is that place called, the, the mental hospital that he used to take people oh, to? Yeah, he used to take, right, to um, Willowbrook. I'm not sure which one you went to. They no, were different. He was, would take it, you to nursing homes. And yeah, he took us to, well, he took us to one of these places. And right. uh, I, of course, was freaked out because I was a kid, uh, a kid from Los Angeles and Beverly Hills. And so to go to that was kind of freaky for me. But I learned a lot from him, and especially technically. And I always admired him. And then uh, fade out, so to speak. And then, and then the years ago, I got a call that I thought was a fake call from a fellow named Murray Tinkleman, uh, who both Leslie and I know. And Murray said that he had seen my work and he'd like me to come and speak to his group from the University of Hartford out in Pasadena, where they were, which shocked me. And I said, you're kidding. You don't, you're, you're, this is fake. This is a fake news thing. And he said, no. And he was very nice to me. And, and uh, anybody who had seen my work and admired it was a uh, best friend to me. Anyway, so Leslie was there when I did, I forget it was first year, the second time I did it, but Leslie was there and he introduced me and then we, remain in contact ever since and that's a long-winded story that is very true and um yeah that was a long time ago but um i'm glad you got that opportunity to be with him that was an amazing the illustrators workshop i hear so many amazing stories from that and um, i used to go there just kind of to hang out and meet everyone um Uh i was very young at that point but i was probably in college at some of it but it was great and a lot of the illustrators who were the so-called students at that time went on to being very well-known illustrators so it was kind of like the next generation that they were like pushing forward on it but um it was an amazing time it was it was great what i really liked about it and what i what i hope and greg and i hope to to carry over is that there were times when they gave us a project to do and we later would, they'd choose whatever projects they wanted and they'd show it at the Eagle Gallery in, in New York after the seminar. And they used to sit in the halls with us and talk. We just, at night, just sit there having pizza or whatever and just talking right. to these incredible guys who were our idols that we only knew through their illustrations until we got to meet them. And they were so nice and so down to earth and so giving of their time and their talents. And you could ask them any question, like, how did you do this? How did you do that? You know, and, and they did that. And this is kind of the concept that, that we wanted the illustrated journal and this show to be about is right. Paying it forward. And that's that. And, and that's where uh, my relationship with Leslie is now, because this, again, long winded on your time. So I'm going to cut it short, Leslie, so we can hear more from you is uh, that Leslie is sharing with us in the journal, in print, and also hopefully on the podcast here, this great new project that she has, which is uh, an illustration project called Zodiac, correct? Yes, it yes. is. I've been and working for a on soap company. 
right? Yeah, it's it's a year. It's called European soaps, and actually, it's been this amazing assignment that um, the soaps are actually created and uh, manufactured in France, and mm-hmm. they're in these beautiful tins. And um, they asked me to kind of resurrect this company that was going to like older people, older women, and they wanted some kind of cool new look to their mm-hmm. company. So um, I created this line for them called Zodiac, but um, it's all different Zodiacs. And I illustrated and designed these three by three tins, but there's actually these soaps inside that have my illustration um, imprinted into the soap. So it's very was, cool. I mean, was that your idea? Was that your idea, Leslie? Because that's, I, and the picture you gave me, I can only see the top row of soaps. Uh, right. And, and you can see there's imprint, but you can't see them exactly, which I think is such a cool idea because most of the soaps you see say dove or ivory. You know, right. <laughs> creative as they get. And this is... Well, I no one can see these. these. They're going to see them in the Illustrative Journal when it comes out for the winter edition. But I'm looking at these. They're so colorful and so imaginative. It's, it's amazing. They look like you could keep Thank them you. like trading cards, you know, Thank and you. save them. Well, they're, you know, I sat with the CEO for about two hours and we had breakfast together and we were really brainstorming on what kind of ideas we could come up for this new line um, for their company. And he had this idea of Zodiacs. And so I can't say I had the line, um, the idea, but he let me go with anything I wanted. So the first thing I needed to do was present them with one drawing and one idea for the design, do that, and then see if they wanted to go with the whole entire line. So the first one I chose was Capricorn, just because I thought that was interesting because Capricorn is, it's half fish um, Mm -hmm. and so, and half goat. So I thought that would be really interesting. So I created a design for these pins and they went for it. And, you know, as an illustrator, you know, if you're doing a series of things, everything has to work together. So right. I had to create an idea that I could continue the look but still have each one unique um, for the 12 different zodiacs. So I created Capricorn first. And actually, my black line drawings, because I use a croquil pen for my line drawings, the line drawings were what they created the plates for that would um, make the design in the soaps. So my black line drawings um, were the designs for the soaps. And then I would go to the finish in the full color with a bleed around it so it could go down the size of these tins. And then there were 12 full color tins also. Um, And the interesting thing also is they had me give them a list of what I like words that I used to create my drawings because they chose the scent of the soaps by the list of words I gave them that described my drawings. Well, so I was going to ask you different. about those, those scents yeah. and, and what they were going to be and, and how they smelled like because we can't, obviously, we don't have smell on radio. <laughs> right. But, right. Um, I, and I'm looking at on my screen now, I'm looking at all of them and I'm looking at Capricorn and. And the one thing that strikes me, because you sent me also, and I'm getting off the subject of the sense, but I want to get back to that. 
is how small this work is. I mean, it is tiny. And the the line work, how does that work in in soap? Well, tiny little lines. I actually, all my drawings that I create, I create at 100%. I happen to love doing tiny little illustrations. So everything was done at 100%. I met with them when I did all of my line drawings, actually at the Jacob Javits Center in New York City, because there Mm -hmm. was like a home convention thing that they were there. And I met with them and brought all of my drawings And with them, with tracing paper, we put tracing paper over my black line drawings and decided, you know, how we could simplify them um, to be put onto the actual soaps. Because the soaps couldn't be so detailed. They're still very cool, though, because you still see my drawing into the soap. Um, But that's everything is always at 100%. I work very, very small. I'm an illustrator who loves doing tiny little spot illustrations. What do you do when your eyesight uh, gives out? (laughs) My God, I mean, really, it is really hard to explain to anybody except uh, I'll try. That one of the largest things on this illustration I'm looking at, and this one is not an illustration. Hey, 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 Lon. Right. Lon, what? Let, yeah. Can I? Can I? So while you guys are really talking about some of her art that I believe is is on the website, let's at least note that uh, if anyone wants to follow along with it, it's www.lesliecober, l e s l i e c o b e r hyphen gentry g e n t r y dot com, and uh, yeah. they can actually see what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. They can go on my thank website. You, Crick sounds so yeah. professional. It's so great. Yeah, that was a good <laughs> That's idea. That's a counterpoint to me, right. and I sound totally unprofessional. No, so oh. I do like to work at 100%, and I think when I get older, I do wear magnifying glasses when I'm working that are, like, kind of exaggerated so mm-hmm. that I can still see everything really small. I don't wear glasses, but when I'm working, I definitely wear glasses um, for that. So, um yeah, I can imagine because I know I used to work 10, 15 years ago. I used to work with really small brushes and stuff like that. Uh, right. And my eyes start giving out and I switched to the computer to do work. And now I'm able to, you know, just blow it up so I can really see tight detail. But uh, to paint regularly now, I, I can't I can't do it. Well, you know, I, I don't really... I use pen and ink, so I use a very small tip pen. I use a 102-point pen, and I use a dip pen, so I like a really tiny line. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I use gouache, and I use mediums where things can be really small. So none of these have acrylic or oil paint. They're really, they're a mix of India ink, gouache, some color put on the computer, um, so every, and some colored pencil. So everything can be very detailed and very small on it. And how do you get, you've got the field area here, which are flat colors. How do you get that flat, very flat look with gouache? Well, that part is not gouache. What uh-huh. A bunch of years ago, I decided because exactly what you're saying, especially when something is decorative or in the background, 
all of my drawings, and if you see that on my website, are extremely detail-oriented. I actually have to sometimes control myself from the amount of detail I put into things because I like it very detailed, except for the backgrounds. The backgrounds, when I used to work in gouache very often for large areas, it would actually really bother me if I saw kind of like a start and stop area, right. like a line. Right. So. I would say about 10, 15, probably nah, 10 years ago, let's say, I, just, I was trying to figure out a way that I could have a background really clean and then work on top of it again with my pen. So the way I work with my art now, which is all pretty much the same, I, I you know, sketches, pencil everything out, and then I draw everything out in a croquil pen on my drawing table. I scan those pen and ink drawings into the computer. And in the computer, anything that is a very flat background area, I will actually create with a paint bucket tool on Photoshop. So that's not a lot of area. I don't like to use the computer a lot, but there's certain, like you're talking about that green, that's perfect. Mm -hmm. I want that to be perfect. Then I print out my drawing after I filled in the background. I print it out on high-quality paper. I go back to my drawing table, and then I work on top of everything that, you know, that flat background. So that way I get the flat backgrounds, but then I can have all my freehand detail and really, no one ever can really tell that I've done it on the computer, which is always my goal. I don't want it to look computer generated. I want it to look, you know, traditional hand. So it gives me the way to get that perfect background and then work on top of it again. So, so that's, why, that that's you, the answer. So you, you, you do the area and then you draw over it with the smaller little, you know, flowers yeah. or hearts or diamonds or whatever. That's all drawn yeah. afterwards. I see. So. Yeah, so I do the background, and a lot of the other part of the illustration, I leave just totally white because I don't want the whole thing filled in on the computer. I just want the background. So it, for the Zodiacs, for example, every single one of them has a very flat color background. Mm -hmm. Everything else is hand-done afterwards. So I, it prints out of the computer and then with my pen and all my other gouache, all my other mediums, I actually work on top of it again. I see. Yeah, that's it. Now, so you don't want to use the computer really very much. You just, just as another tool in, in the toolbox. I, so to I, I think of the computer as like one of my mediums. Like mm -hmm. I don't use the computer to, be like the computer. The computer is like if I say, all right, I use a little computer, I use a little gouache, I use a little color pencil, I use a little croquel. It's it's just one other element that I use in my drawing, but it's not the whole thing. It's just and I use as little as possible. It's really a background area that I want to be totally clean. Mm -hmm. And I want my pen. I you know, there's a couple kinds of artists. There's the people who are painters and the people who draw. I'm really an artist who draws and then fills in. Like my line work is most important to my drawings. Mm -hmm. so I want the line work to show the most. It's it's really interesting. Again, drawing. I well, I'm going to draw your father back into this because he sure. was he used such intricate pen and ink work. 
so you yeah. un- so unique and and it, and I can see this is almost like the next generation of as as a female what he might have done uh, with these types that's of things. An in- that's interesting. You know, I can see I can see the influence, yet it's yeah. so totally you and totally unique. Uh, right. But it, it's it's amazing. It's that's amazing to me that that can just Thanks. carry on through the genes. You know, the cool thing with that is, first of all, you know, when people say, who's your biggest influence, you have to think, I grew up with an artist my whole entire life. So I really, when it comes to learning, a lot of people go to school to learn. I grew up watching his use of his materials my whole entire life. So funny enough, one of my graduate students said to me the other day, he said, when, like, how long did it take you to get so good with your crocal pen work? And I showed him a drawing I did at seven years old that was a crocal pen. I've been using that kind of pen since I was five years old or so. Because yeah. those are the materials that were put in front of me. So really, I use similar materials to my father because that is what I was exposed to my whole life. Right. So, yeah. So that's exactly true what you were saying. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, and it's really, well, let's get back to this project because this is so fascinating that this, this whole process and how you did it, you know, you gave me the pictures along with the prose, you know, what, what you wrote. And I was looking at one picture here. And this shows how organized you are to me, because my desk would be a mishmash if I did this. But you've got uh, that traditional little painting tray, the little white tray that we right. all use. Right. And you've got like, I don't know how many, 50 different dabs of color, but they're not mixed together. They're very clean. Right. right. Little dabs, and there's not you know, brush strokes or anything like that. And then you've got what looks like dyes or something next to it. And it's so organized. It's amazing. And then, of course, it shows a little bit of the, the project that you're working on, and these little tiny pieces of paper. There's another right. shot where you've got all your, all your gouache lined up, and you've got them lined up, like, by color, you know, in, in sequence. It, this is amazing. I mean, is this just natural <laughs> for you to do this? For me, it's like, well, I use most of my stuff on computer now, so it's organized for me, thank God. But when I was right. doing stuff like this, uh, after one day, my paint tray was black, basically, from mixing well, everything together, and my brushes were destroyed. So this is incredible. I, I, I don't know if that it stays as neat as you think it does. I'm, I think. Well, maybe it's, it's just a picture typical. you're faking people yeah. out with these pictures. I, yeah, I think <laughs> it, it's pretty typical. I once. Um, cleaned up my studio and then posted this really clean picture of my studio on this site. And I think what happens with every artist, I, I don't, can't say every artist, but most artists, every time I start a new assignment, I clean up my studio. I organize everything. And then by the time the assignment is over, things are pretty messy. I find that's kind of like the traditional way of being an illustrator because you're on deadline, you're right. kind of, you're so into your work, you're painting. And I think if I showed you my palette right now, all those little dots of colors 
or all it looks like okay, some kind of a have painting. To take, a, <laughs> take a, a snapshot of that, send it to me so I can post it so people will know what okay. the, the real okay. thing looks like. I have another technical question for you that okay. I was thinking about. I'd forgotten it now I remember it. Okay, so you do the flat color on, on your artwork, then you right. print it out on a nice piece of whatever kind of paper that you're gonna use. Right. How are you pick are you doing that line work from because you've already done the drawings? Are you doing using a light table? Are you just doing it from memory? Is it penciled in lightly? How how are you doing now, that? The, I go from I transfer my I do pretty finished like micron line drawings for my sketches. And mm-hmm. once I get that okayed from the client, I pencil the sketches and I transfer it to my paper and pencil. Then I now how do you transfer to, that? How do you transfer that? I, I use uh, tracing paper. I, okay. I trace the um, the line work from the sketches in reverse. Okay, and then so I old flip school. You're doing the, the old school way. I do right. totally old school. I do yeah. I do not use a light box, and the reason I don't use a light box is I want my line work to be as light as possible and only be indications of where things are. I don't want everything drawn out. I have my sketch in front of me. I only want indications where things are so that I can hand draw everything else, but so the composition is still perfect to what got approved by the client. I see, but not every little... Not every, not every mark, just indications, you know, Mm -hmm. the perfect circle, the Zodiac type of circles in it, that that's done perfectly. So, you know, anything that needs to be totally accurate, I transfer anything that I can look at my sketch. So it's a more hand done. um, I do afterwards because I can match it. Um, But then I actually, on top of the pencil, that's when I draw the, all the areas in Croquil pen, the little tiny details that you're seeing, those little flowers and things, those yeah. are done after I print out the color. But all the line detail of the illustration is done first. I see. And then the color is added. Oh, I see. I get it. And do, yeah. um, so let me, let me ask you this, because um, this is so precise. Do you ever make mistakes and, and have to redo stuff? Well, like I would say to my students, artists don't make mistakes because if we make a mistake, we can change it into something. So I say, if you make a blob with like your black ink, make it into something. So it's not a mistake anymore. But, you know, I really don't make mistakes. Once, once my sketches are approved and I make sure that my sketches are really clean looking so the client can really see what I'm doing because I want them to approve the sketches and not have to give me any feedback afterwards. Mm -hmm. So I make sure that they're not going to be surprised at all on it and that it's only going to get better. So no, I, I don't make mistakes. Once I go to the finish, the finish is, I have to say there's sometimes a finish there's little parts of it that I don't, I don't love as much as I could that, you know, you keep on reworking and changing on it. Um, if there's like anything really like a problem, you know, now with computers, when I do my last scan before I send it out to a client, um, I could change it. But the reality with these um, pieces, original for the soap, 
they actually ended up wanting to have my originals to match the colors. Mm-hmm. So every I sent them all the originals because with the scans, they couldn't really tell what my color was, and they really wanted to match it perfectly. So mm-hmm. I sent them all the originals. So nothing on those tins are changed from my originals. There was no Photoshop manipulation. Um, nothing was changed on them, no color, nothing was taken out. So those are exactly as my um, originals were. So no okay, mistake. So, so you, no mistake. So you, <laughs> you touched on something that I always deal with with, with my um, work. And that right. is sometimes, well, if I'm working on as many pieces as you have here, so you have 12 pieces, I don't know if you're rotating them, you're doing one by one by one. But I usually rotate because I have ADD and I can't stay on anything for any real long length of time in that right. particular case. So what will happen is I'm working on, in this case, let's say it's, it's a Zodiac. So uh, I'm working on Aries and I'm hating it and thinking it's horrible. You know, so I want to go to something else. And it, it's constantly trying to, you know, is one easier than another? Uh, how do I fix this? Is this kind of the things that run through your head or is it a different process? You might be more I, perfect than me. I make mistakes all the time, but I'm constantly thinking like that. Well, I, I know we're ending too, but I actually, I did all the ink drawings first. Mm-hmm. And then once all the ink drawings were done, I finished one piece at a time. I didn't work on all of them at a time. I would oh. do Aries, then I would move on to the next one. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that is our cue music, right? That means we have like 90 seconds here. Okay. Well, so uh, tell us a little bit about Food Fight before we get off, because that, that's oh, something that everybody right. should know about as well. So um, I'm, I am the curator and chair of the Society of Illustrators New York Members um, Illustration Show, and I've been doing it for five years, and this year is Food Fight. I think of the ideas for it, and I get all the members to enter art into the show, and I come up with a theme. And um, the opening is November 3rd. Um, the show goes up October 31st and comes down right before Christmas, so it's going to be up for a while. So it's going to be a great show. It's the best illustrators in our country that are putting in food-inspired um, drawings. Last year it was drawn to the music, which was music lyrics. This year it's all food inspired. So it should be really fun. Yeah, I, I had a, just so everybody knows, I have a piece in that. And Leslie it's was a so great kind piece. to tell me about it. Oh, thank oh, you. Oh, yeah. I, I, really enjoyed, I really enjoyed doing it. And I even started thinking maybe I should be illustrating more uh, vegetables and that way I might get more work. I don't know. Oh, the food, the food that you did, are they have such energy and they're so much fun. I love, you did a great job. I'm oh, really thanks. looking forward to seeing this the original. Isn't a, this isn't a commercial for me. This is unprompted. Well, it, it's, it's, actually, it's accurate. So I might well, as well talk about that. it. And I wish I could be there, but um, you'll take pictures and I'll get to see them. And, and yeah. it'll be on the site. And I, I, anybody who's in New York should take a look at this and go to the uh, Society of Illustrators. Would be yes, that would be excellent. Okay, kids. Thank All you. Right, okay, Dad. Thanks. That was excellent. <laughs> You're just having <laughs> too much you. fun. 
Yeah. So yeah, that'll have to be the last word for today's broadcast. I, I want to thank our guest, Leslie Cobert Gentry, for her time sharing her story today. Do stay current with Leslie's work on the web by www.lesliecobert, that's L E S L I E C O B E R hyphen. Gentry, G-E-N-T-R-Y dot com. Check out the commissions in the sketchbook and you'll see a lot of what Lon and Leslie were talking about. We'll feature Leslie's work on the Illustrator's Journal shortly with a follow-up piece in the winter edition of the journal's online digital magazine. Finally, do subscribe to the Illustrator's Journal on the web via www.illustratorsjournal.com and follow us on Twitter via at T-I- Journal. Until we meet again on This Week in the Arts for Lawn Love, and this is your moderator, Greg Masters, saying bye now. Bye. Thanks. You're welcome. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.